Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Dr. Music. I'm Matthew Marullo. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, in this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about math and music. Don't get frightened. It's not going to be hardcore math. Even if you hate math, believe me, you'll be able to understand and handle it. Now, why am I talking about math? We are going to discover today why it is that the chromatic scale, which is used in every musical composition, has only 12 notes. Why does the chromatic scale have 12 notes? Why not 11? Why not 13? Why not 100? It's not the kind of thing musicians think about every day. They just take it for granted. They're playing a piece of music, and the chromatic scale only has 12 notes. You only have access to 12 notes. Well, in order for us to understand this, we have to also think about the harmonic series, or the overtone series, which I spoke about in episode one. So you're welcome to review that if you'd like, although I'll be reviewing a little bit in this episode. Now, just to refresh your memory, let me play a chromatic scale for you. I've played it in the past and prior seasons, but let me play it again for you. So remember, whenever you're playing anything that's chromatic, including a chromatic scale, of course, you're moving by half steps. And half steps on a piano are simply every adjacent piano key. So for instance, you start on a C, you go up by half steps until you reach the next C up. That's the distance of an octave, starting on one letter and reaching the same letter either above it or below it. Another way of saying that in physics is that you're going double the frequency of where you started. So, for instance, if you're starting at a frequency of 440 hertz, which is an A, and then you double that, which is 880 hertz, you have gone an intervallic distance of an octave. Or you can go below an octave, so half of 440 is 220. Now, what I just said ties in to the harmonic series. If you remember from episode one, I said the harmonic series is a series of overtones above the fundamental note, whatever note you hear. And the overtones are fractional divisions of the fundamental, or another way of saying that is their frequency multiples. So let me give you an example. If you have a chord and you stretch it to a certain length and you pluck the chord, you get a certain note. Now, if you stop the chord halfway through and you pluck half of it, you're going to get a note an octave above the original note. Or another way of saying that is that when you pluck half of it, you're going to get a frequency that's double the frequency of the original note. So the frequency ratio for an octave is 2 over 1. In other words, twice the frequency. That's how you get an octave above a note. Another way of thinking that is that if you assign number one to your fundamental, then your overtone is number two, and that means that the frequency ratio is two over one. And again, that means that the first overtone is twice the frequency of the fundamental. Now, if you go to the second overtone, the second overtone is the third note in the list, right? The fundamental is the first note, the first overtone is the second note, and the second overtone is the third note. Now, going from the first overtone to the second overtone, 
That is a musical interval of a perfect fifth. So the frequency ratio is 3 over 2 because, again, the second overtone is the third note and the first overtone is the second note. So the frequency ratio in that case is 3 over 2, which corresponds to a perfect fifth. Now, if you're confused, let me just summarize. The frequency ratio of an octave is 2, or 2 over 1, and the frequency ratio of a perfect fifth is 3 over 2. Those are the two numbers that you have to remember. An octave, the frequency ratio is simply 2, or twice the frequency, and for a perfect fifth, the frequency ratio is 3 over 2, or 3 halves the frequency. So if somebody was tuning a musical instrument, and let's say they, they have a C, and they want to tune a perfect fifth over that C, they have to tune three halves of that C to get a perfect fifth. And when I say three halves of the C, what I really mean is three halves of the frequency of a C. And I think I mentioned this before, but frequency is measured in something called Hertz, HZ, which simply measures the waveform of the sound. It means one cycle per second, but don't worry about that. Now, the reason I'm torturing you with all this math, and I hope I'm not torturing you, is because we're trying to understand why are there only 12 notes in the chromatic scale? Why 12 notes? Every time you hear a piece of music, a musician only has 12 notes to choose from. Why is that? And you might say, well, that's just the convention. We've been following this convention for hundreds and hundreds of years, and that's what we do. Well, yeah, that's partly true, but why is that the convention? Why did it happen to be 12 notes? Again, could have been another number. Why 12? Well, it has to do with math. Let's say you are devising a chromatic scale for a musical instrument, and you want to make sure you get the right amount of notes so that a person can write music, basically. So what can you do? Well, you can go up by fifths. So you can start on a note, and then you could tune a perfect fifth above that note. And remember, the frequency ratio for a perfect fifth, do you remember what it is? It's 3 over 2. So you can use that frequency ratio to tune a perfect fifth. Let's say you start on a C. A perfect fifth over a C is a G. And then you could keep going up by fifths. A perfect fifth over a G is a D and so on and so forth. We actually have a name for that kind of tuning where you're going up by fifths to get all the notes that you want. It's called Pythagorean tuning. Now here's the thing. Even if you do that, you're still not going to have a musical instrument that is 100% mathematically in tune. It might be in tune to the ear, but mathematically, no. It will not be in tune. And here's the thing, it is impossible, I repeat, impossible, to have any musical instrument mathematically perfectly in tune. It can't happen. Why? Well, the answer to that question is the same answer as to why there are 12 notes in the chromatic scale. 
So here it goes. Ready? Now you might want to get pencil and paper. You don't have to. But it's just that if you write this stuff down, it might be a little bit easier for you since I'm not sitting right next to you and showing you. Okay, ready? We are going to engineer our own chromatic scale. Here it goes. We're going to let Q, the letter Q, equal the number of notes in the chromatic scale. I'm going to see how many notes we get. We're going to let the letter P equal the number of octaves we have to go through to get that chromatic scale. And the reason why I say that is because we're going to stack perfect fifths. We're going to tune a perfect fifth, and then another perfect fifth, and then another perfect fifth, and we're going to see how many octaves we have to go through. Because if we keep tuning perfect fifths, we should get all the notes of the chromatic scale. So again, Q is the number of notes in our chromatic scale, and P is the number of octaves we have to go through to get that chromatic scale. Okay, now here comes the big formula. You ready? This is really important. Here's the formula. Three halves to the Q power, okay, so that's three halves raised to the Q power over two to the P power equals one. What does that mean? Well, remember I said that three halves is the frequency of a perfect fifth, and we're getting this chromatic scale by stacking a whole bunch of perfect fifths. So the number of notes, Q, in the chromatic scale is going to be 3 halves to the Q power, all right? That's how many fifths we have to stack to get our chromatic scale. That's over 2 to the P power. Why 2? Because 2 is the frequency ratio, you'll remember, of an octave. So what we're doing is we're creating a ratio. We're creating a ratio of perfect fifths, stacking perfect fifths, over octaves, and we're going to equal that ratio to 1, because if that ratio, 3 halves to the Q over 2 to the P power, if that equals 1, then we have a perfectly tuned instrument. Well, I can go through the math of how we reduce that, but I don't want you to get too mad at me. But if you do reduce that equation that I just gave you, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get P over Q equals log base 2 of 3 halves. Now, you're probably saying, oh, logarithms. I do not like logarithms. What is a logarithm? Logarithm is basically an exponent, an exponent that you will raise a certain base to to get a number. For instance, log base 10 of 100 is 2, which is just another way of saying that if you raise 10 to the 2 power, you get 100. But again, don't worry about that. The important thing to understand is that I just said P over Q equals log base 2 of 3 halves. That number, log base 2 of 3 halves, happens to be an irrational number. What is an irrational number? An irrational number is a number that cannot be expressed as a fraction. In other words, it's like a non-repeating decimal that just goes on forever. Like pi. You remember pi. 3.14 blah, 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 blah. It goes on forever. You can't get an ending to that decimal because it is an irrational number. And just for a little bit of trivia, there are more irrational numbers than rational numbers, which is just another way of saying that the infinity of irrational numbers is bigger than the infinity of rational numbers. Whoa.
You mean infinities can be bigger than other infinities? Yep, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but it's true. So, this number that I just said, log base 2 of 3 halves, is an irrational number. And we're trying to get the ratio of perfect fifths to octaves. Actually, it's P over Q, so that's octaves to perfect fifths. We're trying to get that ratio equal to this irrational number, which is impossible. Because an irrational number is a number that cannot be expressed as a fraction. An irrational number is just a decimal that keeps going on forever and ever. It doesn't repeat. There's no pattern. It just keeps going on and on. But what we can do is we can get what's called a rational approximation. In other words, we can get a fraction that's approximately equal to it, but it will never be equal to it. It's impossible. We could get something that's close. Well, how close can we get? If I was sitting right next to you, I can show you the technique. It's called continued fractions, which is a technique that mathematicians use. But I'm not sitting next to you, so I really don't want to recite it because it gets pretty complicated. But if you use this technique, these are the values that you get for P and Q. You can get P, the number of octaves, equal to 7, and Q equal to 12. That's another way of saying you have 12 chromatic tones, 12 notes, right? That's because Q is equal to 12, stretched over 7 octaves. So in other words, you can keep, remember I said 3 halves is a perfect fifth, you could keep stacking perfect fifths over 7 octaves, and if you do that, you're going to get 12 chromatic tones. But here's the thing. When you use this technique, you're never going to get every note exactly in tune because what happens is you get what's called a Pythagorean comma. A Pythagorean comma is a slight decimal discrepancy in notes that on the piano are exactly equal to each other, but acoustically, mathematically, they're not. I'll give you an example. On the piano, a B-sharp is exactly equal to a C. In other words, if you play a B-sharp, you're just going to play a C. But acoustically, again, mathematically, a B-sharp is not equal to a C, and that's why we have this decimal discrepancy, a Pythagorean comma. So even though through this technique we found out that we could have 12 chromatic tones stretched over seven octaves, those notes will never, ever be perfectly in tune. Well, what if you try to get closer to that number? Remember that number, log base 2 of 3 halves? What if we try to approximate that even closer? Well, we can do that. In that case, we get a 41-note chromatic scale where the perfect fifths are stretched over 24 octaves. Now, just imagine a piano that instead of it having 12 notes in the chromatic scale, like I played for you before, it has 41 notes. It's going to be really, really difficult to hear the difference between the half steps there, and that they're not really half steps any, anymore. They're fractional steps. And the average person is just not going to hear the difference because you have 41 notes in one octave. But it turns out that that 41-note chromatic scale will be more in tune 
than the 12 note scale that everybody uses, but it still will not be perfectly in tune. The mind blowing truth is that you can try any number that you want. You can use this technique to figure out how close you can get to log base two of three halves. And you could have millions and millions of notes in the chromatic scale. It would be pretty impossible to construct a musical instrument that has million, millions of notes for one octave. Is it theoretically possible? Yeah. But it would be a wasted effort because at the end of that exercise, even though it would be more in tune than our measly 12-note chromatic scale, it still will not be mathematically in tune. It's impossible. Now, I don't know if you remember, I mentioned in a prior season and prior episode, a very famous piece that Bach wrote. It's called The Weld-Tempered Clavier. And what he did in that piece is he wrote a prelude and a fugue in every single major and minor key. So he wrote a prelude and fugue in C major, a prelude and fugue in C minor, a prelude and fugue in C sharp major, a prelude and fugue in C sharp minor, and so forth. So if you did 12 major keys and 12 minor keys, you have a prelude and fugue for each of those. You're talking about 24 pieces, each of which is a prelude and a fugue. That's a lot of music. Now, why did he do that? Well, he called it the well-tempered clavier, and a clavier is a type of uh, Baroque keyboard instrument. He did that because the tuning system that was used during that time was relatively new. Every half step was equally in tune in relation to each other, but you couldn't have an instrument 100% in tune, but at least every half step was in tune. So this was the well-tempered clavier because by using that system, the instrument was more in tune than prior tuning systems where some keys were in tune and some keys weren't, some chords were not in tune, some chords were. This was the first time that the instrument was so much in tune that you could write a piece in any key you wanted to and it would sound darn good. But not to the universe because the universe says, uh, 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 Bach, it's not perfectly in tune because according to the laws of physics, the laws of nature, the harmonic series dictates that you can never ever have a perfectly in tune scale. Now, I hope your head is not spinning, but you might have to listen to it more than once, but I've just explained, in terms of math, why we have a 12-note scale. It is the most practical way of constructing a scale, because you don't want to have less than 12 notes. It's not going to sound very good. But then you also don't want 41 notes, because that's the next option. The next option after 12 notes is to have a 41-note scale. That's the next approximation of that number that I talked about, that irrational number. So 12 is really the only practical way of doing it, but it's not perfect. Now, I promise next time I am not going to talk about math. I'm going to play some music, but I really had to discuss that because I just find that really, really fascinating. So I hope to see you next time because one thing about Dr. Music, it just gets better and better. <laughs>